Welcome to the Southern Glow Podcast. My name is Carrie Hyatt Richmond. I'm a wife, extra needs mama, homeschool teacher, fantasy author, and empath. I'm here with one goal in mind, to enrich your entire world by empowering you to live in it authentically and honestly as the exact soul you were sent here to be. It's time to release all the outdated cultural paradigms, generational facades, and hectic patterns that are draining the magic out of your days. By choosing to anchor back into your soul and to reconnect with your intuition, you will compose a unique harmonic identity that enriches every aspect of your life. I cannot wait to share all the tools, shifts, and rituals that you can implement to step into the reality you've been longing for. I know that we're going to have the best time connecting, so thank you for pushing play today. Now, let's reclaim your glow. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. It's nice to have you here with me. I am actually at our little farmhouse today. Took some space for myself. I just needed to get away for a little bit. Not that I don't love my husband and my children dearly, but I am just very much recharged by spending time alone. And that is something that I've tried to make more of a priority in these last couple of years once I really figured that out. And I haven't been out here actually in quite a while. So I am going old school today and recording this on my phone (laughs) I didn't bring a mic or anything with me. Honestly, I had no intentions of recording a podcast when I came out. I just wanted to relax and really just spend some alone time with myself and meditate and just be in the quiet and with my thoughts. And it has been very nice. But then actually this morning over coffee, I really sat back and thought, oh my goodness, this podcast that I've had on my mind to record for the last couple of weeks, if I don't do it now, I'm not going to have time. And it won't be relevant because we are already headed full blast into the first official week of December. I don't know how that's possible. It's completely snuck up on me. But here we are. So this actually feels even more relevant to share after what I went through yesterday. But before I really dive into the meat of today's episode, I would like to add a really quick disclaimer. Of course, I'm going to be discussing Christmas per the topic. Hopefully you read it before you press play Um, and just the overall holiday season. And I try to be really intentional about how I word things, especially because I have younger kiddos myself. Um, So If you have some who are sensitive to magical topics like Christmas, Christmas morning gift giving, and all the magical beings that are a part of this holiday season, this might not be something you want to listen to with them around. If you catch my drift, um, let's just play it safe and keep today's episode as an adult-only pod. So I will give everyone a chance to either turn this off so you can come back to it later when you are child-free or go distract your children with something else. (laughs) Not that this is only a pod for people with children. There's so much goodness that I have to share that I feel like will be relevant to any adult. But I just wanted to make it really clear that if you have children with you, don't listen to them with this. I'm child-free right now, so I am just going to talk about all the Christmas things, and I don't want to ruin someone's childhood. (laughs) 
All right. You've got my drift. Hopefully you've gotten rid of the kids. Let's just jump into it. There is a time every year that I greatly look forward to, and that is the fall. We finally swap the humidity for crisp air. There's just this change in pace and structure in every day. Of course, we have the beautiful visual reminder from our trees that it's absolutely okay and normal to shed what has been and maybe what no longer serves us. It just feels like the most beautiful time to release old and embrace a fresh start. But then not long after this savory season, I have to brace myself for the impact of what comes next. (laughs) It happens the same way every year. The weekend following Halloween, there is a significant and noticeable shift in the way the world around me begins to function. Traffic becomes increasingly congested. Drivers become more and more impatient. Venues begin overflowing with an overwhelming amount of people. I always just have to sit back and wonder where all these extra people suddenly influx from. (laughs) It's just wild. It's like they spawn out of the woodwork. It seems as if there should not be that many people in my town. And suddenly it's, it's doubled in size. There will be no parking anywhere. People start blocking intersections. (laughs) You get the angry honking and the finger flipping. And everyone's just angry and agitated as they all rush around. And here's the kicker. They're all rushing around and angry while they're trying to get their Christmas shopping done. So supposedly, this is a reflection of everyone living their fullest Christmas spirit lives. Does anyone else see the problem here? (laughs) For years, I have actually gone out of my way to be done with my Christmas shopping by Halloween just to avoid that. I refused to step foot on Woodruff Road after Thanksgiving, and it it would last until mid-January because it was just absolute stress trying to even drive on that road. So yesterday, actually, I, for the first time in many, many years, broke my own rule. (laughs) Actually, this started before I was already behind, according to myself, because in years past, I would be done with my Christmas shopping by Halloween. I would pridefully tell that to anyone who even inquired if I'd begun my shopping. Um, I just was so glad that I didn't have to be part of the hectic, crazy rushing and stuff. But yesterday ended up, this is a funny story. (laughs) I was going to actually come out to the farm and spend like the whole day and relax and get some stuff done around here that I needed to, just some cleaning and stuff like that. And I opened up my email and I was so glad I did because I had an email from our Barnes and Noble that I've done signings at before wanting to know what time I was coming in that day for my signing. And my heart just dropped. I read it and thought, what? So I scrolled back up really quickly and we had this email strand back and forth um, over the summer where we had talked about possibly doing that date. But the lady said, you know, I really don't like to book things in December. And what I had taken that as is she doesn't like to book things in December. No problem. We'll just circle back around in the spring. And she'd written it as, you know, I don't like to do it but it's fine. We'll do it anyway. So we just had a total miscommunication. And then neither one of us 
<laughs> this is communication is key, people. But neither one of us ever followed up with each other until all of a sudden it was this day. So I kind of look at my calendar. I look at myself in the mirror and go, oh, boy, I need a shower, but I can make this happen. So I wrote her back and said, this is what happened. So sorry for the miscommunication, but I can be there by two. So I filled Jordan in, got ready, got in the car, started driving there. And then this is why I'm telling you guys this story. (laughs) Then I realized, oh, no, it is December. It is a Saturday in December. And I'm about to drive to the biggest shopping center on Woodruff Road. This is the epitome of my nightmare. (laughs) Not trying to be dramatic, (laughs) but truly, this is the thing that I have been avoiding for at least the last five years, maybe longer. So I can just tell you guys now from personal experience, (laughs) it was really bad. I mean, traffic aside, It was really interesting. This would be, I think, my third signing that I've done there this year. And obviously, first one in December. I think it was a first for Barnes & Noble, too. It was such a different experience. In between talking to people and signing, I kind of had the opportunity to just watch and kind of overhear what was going on around me. And absolutely everyone was stressed out. They were all stressed out trying to find things for other people. They were Christmas shopping. (laughs) They were trying to find stuff on lists. It was just, it was very bizarre what a different experience it was. And then I, I left there. The signing was great. I packed up on my stuff and I left. And to say that the traffic was a nightmare was, that would be an understatement. They had police officers out in the middle of the shops at Greenridge trying to direct the traffic flow for people who are trying to exit the shopping center. All I could think was, bless their hearts, that is the last thing they should be having to be subjected to. But at the same time, I was extremely grateful that they were there because I know how crazy people get. And so it almost felt like this form of protection. So I felt really bad they were there having to do that. But I was also so deeply grateful that they were keeping everyone from descending into the absolute chaos that they do. Um, Oh, my goodness. So not one time have I ever been Christmas shopping in November or December. Actually, even shopping in general during this amount of time, there's just such a supreme amount of negative energy all around it drives me nuts. It's literally the exact opposite of everything that we should be embodying during the holiday season. But because everyone is so strongly attached to this modern narrative of what Christmas must look like, we all play into it almost like little helpless puppets. And so you get into the timing now, late November, early December, and that's when this true tragedy just strikes. The tragedy is that this season that should be so enjoyable, so light, so beautiful, has been absolutely dismembered and destroyed by modern culture, and it makes the holiday season nearly unbearable for the majority of us. What's so wild is instead of trying to change this or combat it, we just kind of brace for impact and then join right on in into the aggressive mayhem. Uh, The imagery I get here is almost 
like a beautiful little gazelle desperately trying to escape being trampled by a herd of buffalo that are bulldozing together towards her. You know, it almost feels as if you have to keep up with the scary chaos coming your way or you'll get trampled by it. So the majority of us save ourselves, right? We fall in line. (laughs) We are running as frantically as we can just to stay alive and not get trampled by everything that's coming for us. And I may be crazy here, but I'm sorry. When did Christmas become about staying alive? (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love Christmas. It is a beautiful holiday season as a whole. What I can't stand is what should be a season of giving, of remembrance of the year gone by, and anticipation of the one coming ahead. Family coming together and love has just become one of extreme stress in every way imaginable. It's so toxic. So before we get into the juice, first let's take a step back and let's reassess all the ways that this is stressing everyone out. (laughs) Let's get true and honest. We've got the physical stress, you know, the stress in your body from dealing with rushing around, the overwhelm, the chaos, the people punking at you, snarky comments, you know, being aggressive in stores, unhelpful, rude people. Show me a person who's tried to go to the grocery store or brave Woodruff Road during this time of year, and I'll show you a warrior who came out energetically beaten. <laughs> Just that's the truth. And the emotional stress and soul strife from just feeling so overwhelmed by the compounding negative energy surrounding us every single time we leave the house, it's just so much. On top of that, you have financial stress. How many times have you overspent your budget during the holidays just trying to keep up with the Joneses? You know, how many credit cards have you maxed out? How carried away have you gotten only to really regret it in January and February? It's happened to us all. Not judging. Been there. Done that. Don't want to choose more of it. Also, I mean, just the stress on Mother Earth. If I can hop on my little hippie box for a moment, the amount of waste produced during Christmas alone is enough to make me want to vomit. Truly, when I see a giant trash bag filled with nothing but wrapping paper that was just completely needless extra trash that came from wrapping a bunch of stuff that we probably didn't even need in the first place. It just, it truly makes me sick. I mean, we are beyond blessed and we have everything that we need. So it just kills my heart when we have all this extra trash and stuff accumulating that is totally unnecessary. I'll just never understand how gaming has become the monster that it currently is. Obviously, these are probably first world problems. At the same time, it's a problem that we are repeatedly choosing by not taking control of our experience. We continue to play the victim, held hostage by the expectations of society. And guess what? I think society's got it all wrong. I think society has had Christmas wrong for a long time now. And I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm totally venting here. I'm just trying to make a call to every other mother, father, person out there who just despises what the holidays have become and wants in turn to create something better for them and their family. It's really time to abandon the victim mentality and break free of this cultural nightmare. 
Let's return Christmas to a time of celebration, meaning, depth, reflection, anticipation. And we can release the pervasive narrative that exists around Christmas today. Not only has it been stripped of all true meaning, but we've also lost all the magic and all the joy. I don't know about you, but I would rather have a Christmas full of relaxed joy than an overwhelming truckload full of stuff in my living room. So all of that to say, we are going to jump into my top recommendations for reclaiming your holiday spirit and turning away from the hustle to in turn create a holiday sanctuary in your home for your family or yourself and just cultivate an atmosphere that you want to enjoy this season. At the core of everything, I feel like your home should always be your sanctuary. It's the one place where everyone who lives there should be able to come check out of the world, you know, leave the world in its mess at the doorstep, come in and be welcome and loved on exactly as they are. A place where they feel safe and savored and secure. So with that in mind, I think we should discuss how we can release the parts of society's modernized version of the holiday season that are clearly not serving us and use this opportunity to craft a holiday home that's fulfilling in every way. So here are my top recommendations on how to curate a more relaxed holiday season with joy and peace at its center. That is going to be the theme here today, you guys. I do not desire to have another Christmas filled with rushing, anger, frustration, agitation, stress, overwhelm. That is not what I desire to create here. I want to let it all go, strip it all down, bring it all back. And our core goal here is only encompassing things that will harness joy and peace peace and joy. So funny. These are actually things that you see on Christmas decor and cards and stuff everywhere. But how often do you actually feel true peace and joy during the Christmas season? Hopefully more than normal or more than most these days. But I think we have some ways today that I'm going to share with you that we can really increase that for you this season. So number one, I would suggest you first need to recognize and release the lies of over-gifting. Now, before everyone starts getting angry and thinking I'm a Scrooge, just bear with me. I'm willing to bet that the majority of people you buy for every year for Christmas, not even most, the majority of people don't really want or need anything anyway. So what is the goal here? I kind of had this weird epiphany a few years ago when a close girlfriend of mine and I, we were shopping for each other. We both set a limit. I think it was like $50 or something, which we were like, that's great. We can both get like a really nice gift for each other. And, you know, that'll be it. We don't overspend, whatever. And then we started our hunt. It occurred to me when I started having a really hard time trying to think of a gift idea for her how odd it was that we both agreed to spend a certain amount of money only to like spend it on each other. (laughs) So essentially we were just swapping money for a surprise. So why didn't we just save the time and stress and keep our $50? 
I think that was the first time that giving Christmas gifts hit me in a strange way that really gave me pause to sit back and reflect on how odd it is. Like just because it's Christmas, why do we need to go out and work really hard to find something specific for each other just to exchange it when we could save ourselves the time, hassle, and money in the first place? I <laughs> I definitely have made a huge 180 in the last few years just on gift-giving topic alone. Uh, I remember back in my working days, I mean, of course, these are still my working days, but when I was out in the world working in an office with other people, <laughs> I'll clarify that here, and people would start coming in, you know, around late December with gifts for coworkers, for everyone, all the things. And then you felt obligated to go out and buy them something in return so because you had to return their kindness and return the favor. And it just got really out of hand. And it felt very pointless, very much like added overwhelm and stress. Like, why can't we all just agree to keep our $200 and not go out and buy a bunch of random stuff to exchange with each other? <laughs> I know you can't say stuff like that without sounding like a complete Scrooge, but I just truly don't understand the notion behind this. I will say that in place of really meaningless giving at Christmas, though, I prefer in our own little family dynamic and in my world to give people gifts on their birthday. So if you're a family member or a really close friend of mine, I like to be really intentional with a birthday gift. Because, of course, of course, of course, I want to celebrate the gift of your birth. Like having you here in my life is such a joy and it needs to be celebrated. And it just so happens that our son's birthday is right before Christmas. So I've always made it a really intentional part of mine to make sure that not only are his birthday gifts completely separate from his Christmas gifts, but it's an entirely different experience. So he feels the priority of the celebration of his life and his birth over just the little gift that we give him at Christmas. I feel like that is just something that is real to celebrate, you know, to find joy in. It doesn't feel pointless to me to give someone a, a gift to celebrate the joy of their, their birthday the way it does at Christmas for me. That being said, Another way you can fulfill this first recommendation, which, you know, going back to trying to just release the lies of over-gifting, is to decide what actually feels genuine and wonderful to you to do in regards to your gifting. And maybe it does feel great for you to give gifts to absolutely everyone, like, you know, Oprah, a gift for you and a gift for you and a gift for you. And if that is the case, you do you, boo. I absolutely love that. You do it. You own it and you love it. But maybe if it feels not great for you to do that and you kind of what I'm saying resonates with you and it feels more like an overwhelming burden <laughs> kind of giving to us by society's expectations and we feel like we have to uphold them, but at the core it feels almost meaningless, then please do yourself a favor and sit back and reflect on what feels best to you. This is going to be a very personalized thing. So for instance, to give you an example, what feels really good to me at Christmas time, what I have discovered about myself after years of reflection is that it feels very genuine and intentional for me to give 
gifts from a spot of thankfulness and gratitude around Christmas. So really, I'm looking at you, teachers and tutors, <laughs> you, you guys. I really enjoy getting special gifts for my children's tutors and teachers at Christmas time because I feel like it's an extra way that I can share my appreciation for them and all that they do throughout the whole year and to wish them well and a happy, healthy holiday season. That just feels really good to me. It doesn't feel meaningless. It doesn't feel overwhelming. It feels really intentional. So it's good to give these gifts to people that feel like they deserve a little extra nod of appreciation. And that's where I draw the line. As a family, we haven't really exchanged gifts for years. We play White Elephant. All the adults do at Christmas. That's kind of our our thing. Um, instead of feeling the force and obligation to go out and spend bukus of money on all of each other, because I have a crap ton of siblings, y'all. Um, <laughs> what we've decided is as a family, it's just really fun for all of us. We set a little low limit, like $25 or $30 white elephant gift, and we play a game. And it always ends up being such a fun time. I mean, laughter, joy, giggles. It's just the funnest thing. We we just, we, we love doing that. So that's our little Christmas tradition that we've done. But aside from that, um, our children get like a gift from Jordan and I. And the last few years, what we've been doing with the grandparents is asking them to please limit to only one gift per kiddo. If they choose to give a gift, and they don't have to, but you know, grandparents, I was trying to not completely steal their joy because <laughs> I get it. I'm trying to meet them in the middle here. So you can still buy a gift. And then my underlying, I will say for anyone who's curious, if you have really big gift givers who just can't stand it, and maybe you've been trying for years to get them to see see your side of things a little bit better. I even got to a point where I would look at... <laughs> like my mother, for instance, love you, mom, if you're listening to this. Um, and I would say one gift for our house for each kid, please. And if there is something more that you want to get them and you can't resist it, please do it. But it stays at your house. And then they have something special that they can play with when they come to visit you and dad. So there's like a little caveat for people. And that seemed to help the first couple of years ease us into this transition. <laughs> but oh, I, got, I totally digressed. So they get to give the one gift, but the priority I have made and been really intentional about repeatedly asking slash begging for <laughs> these last few years is that they gift our children a memory. So instead of getting, you know, just a living room full of stuff that they're not going to even remember the next year. We've asked that they do something special with the kids, take them on an experience. You know, one year they've taken them to look at Christmas lights at the zoo. One year they took them to see a live nativity for the first time. I think this year there might be a movie involved with some of the grandparents. You know, it's just like a special little adventure that they can always treasure and I don't know if you've ever done this with your children. Um, I'm sorry, again, focalizing right now on the parents, but we will get back to more relevant content for anyone who doesn't have kids later on. But if you have not done this, you absolutely have to. It never fails. Ask them what they got for Christmas last year. 
honest to God, they won't remember. They won't remember. Even if it was something that they begged you for for six months, <laughs> and then they they finally got it at Christmas, they were probably like on cloud nine for 48 hours. Here a year later, I guarantee they won't remember what you gave them. But when I ask my children what they did with their grandparents for Christmas last year, they are able to go into great detail. They remember where they ate. They remember what the weather was like outside. You know, the temperature, was it raining? How cold was it? They remember how it made them feel. I want more of that. I feel like so many of us want more of this, and we are afraid to ask for it for fear of being judged. And I completely get that. But if you never ask, you'll never receive. And in my case, it did require many years, lots of groundwork, you know, laying and and then finally putting my foot down nicely a few years in a row. But now here we are, and it feels so good. And I have an ease knowing that everyone's getting a little bit of what they want. You know, it's a nice compromise. The grandparents still get to give a gift. And I know that my kids are getting something far more precious. They're getting memories that they otherwise wouldn't have gotten. You know, these things, they won't outgrow. They can look back on them and treasure them for years to come. They aren't things that'll end up in the trash or in the donation pile in a year or two. I just wish this is something that I had started sooner, but better late than never. And I absolutely urge you guys to consider doing this part of your Christmas experience. It's it's a game changer when you start gifting intentional time because time is so precious. And I'll definitely touch on that more in a little bit, but... For the sake of time, I will try to keep us going here. So we'll move on to number two. If you want to add more joy and peace to your holiday season, you must, 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 must intentionally protect your calendar because your calendar is your time and your time is so valuable. This can look like you saying no to things that you normally feel obligated to attend but find stressful and draining For instance, a holiday work party, maybe you feel like you have to go or you know you should go or it's going to be frowned upon if you don't go, but you know it's going to keep you up late or it's going to be ridiculously boring or it might be uncomfortable or it's just going to be a stress to get there. You know, maybe you even just flat out don't want to go. You don't even know why. You know what? Honor that. Your time is your most sacred asset. It is the one thing that everyone is demanding, but no one ever returns. It is very important that you guard it closely. This can look like something as simple as, I don't even know, pulling out of a few extracurricular activities. So at Christmas time, especially my parents out there, you're going to vibe with this. How many Christmas programs... (laughs) And extra performances and extra classes and extra things, they just pile up. It is crazy pants. You don't have to say yes to them all. For the sake of your sanity and your space and your energy and your health and your well-being and your children's as well, these are opportunities where you can always say no. Another way that you could protect your, your, your calendar and your time, it could even be something as dramatic as Oh, I love that movie. Christmas with the Cranks. 
you could just opt out of Christmas completely and pack up your little family and go on a meaningful vacation somewhere else. I mean, they straight up boycotted Christmas. You could you could do that. If that feels like it's going to bring you peace and joy, that's a way that you can intentionally protect your time and your calendar by taking full reign of it. I guess the, the goal here overall is to figure out the math. Decide what adds joy to your life versus what is deducting joy from it. And then make sure that you choose the latter. So... The third thing that I would recommend everyone do to increase their amount of joy and peace this holiday season is intentionally protect your energy. And this can look a number of ways. For instance, using the Costco energy hack, every single time you go anywhere, that is a high human traffic area during November and December, And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, this is from my Costco episode earlier in the podcast launch. I will link it in the show notes and you absolutely must listen. Everything in that episode is ridiculously relevant all of the time, but especially during November and December when Holiday Rush is at its max, it will really just help you stay sane out there as you encounter masses of negative energy and really help you reclaim your power over the entire situation. So since I already had that whole podcast kind of aligned up on this, I won't rehash all of that here, but I will direct you to go to the show notes at the end of this one and make sure if you've not already listened, or even if you listened a while ago, refresh your memory, go back and listen to the Costco Energy Hack episode It is an absolute game changer and one of my top recommendations for tackling this holiday season. But in more diverse ways, you know, another way that you can look at carving out intentional soul nourishing time, of course, this is going to look different for every person. So I want to stress that you do what feels in alignment with you because only you know what really fills your cup. I just give personal examples I'm not trying to tell anyone this is the this is the way. I'm not the Mandalorian. <laughs> That's not my job. But I am here to be open and honest and vocal. And so as examples, I like to share what does work for me and what doesn't work for me. But again, this is a very personal thing and no one knows you better than you know yourself. But as a key reminder, soul nourishment is completely different than society's modern version of self-care. So I'm, I'm not saying go get a pedicure while you still work on your laptop at the same time. I'm saying get deeply intentional about feeling or not feeling. Get deeply intentional about filling your soul cup. There we go. And maybe for you, that looks like taking a walk every single day or meditating in the evenings instead of binge watching whatever your current TV show is. It could even look like doing what I do a couple times a year and slipping away for 24 or 48 hours, which actually can feel really scary and daunting the first time that you do it because you feel like you shouldn't have permission to be alone or to slow down. That's that's an entirely different conversation. If you've never done it, I strongly urge you to try it. If you're someone who recharges really fully by just being alone, then that's something that you should really start considering integrating into your life at least a couple times a year. It's an 
absolute game changer. And at the risk of annoying everyone by talking more to the parents again, I'm going to take another minute because there is a topic that needs to be touched on that could severely impact your energy in a positive or a negative way. So again, assuming everyone's children are not around, if they are, shoo, 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 get them away (laughs) because I'm just going there right now. And so one of the things I would highly recommend is being very choosy about what you participate in. For instance, the elf on the shelf. This is something that I brought in early on when I was still really rushing to keep up with all the Christmas things. I mean, it almost feels like Christmas anymore is like the Kardashians. It's like this big, overwhelming, messy thing, but everyone's still trying really hard to get there. I don't know. But I felt this immense pressure to make sure that my kids were not left out. I mean, because my daughter has pretty much always been in school, at least so far. She's not been one that has homeschooled yet, although I feel like there might be a time coming up here soon where that'll change. But I didn't want them to be at school. And, you know, all these kids are talking about their elves and, oh, no, but Emmy doesn't have one. Okay, so I let myself get caught up in this fake cultural pressure. (laughs) And I wish, I wish... I wish I had had the presence of mind to think it through more thoroughly before I jumped on that bandwagon. Because it's definitely a wagon that once you're on it, you're kind of stuck on it until your kiddos get to a certain age. But I didn't think it through. And and, and it was done is done. But every Christmas for the last four or five years, it has added daily stress that was completely unnecessary. So I have since urged all of my very close friends with younger children to never, ever jump on this bandwagon. <laughs> that being said, you know, I, I tried to enjoy it as much as I can. I mean, I try, that's present tense. I try to enjoy it as much as I can because I locked myself into this for at least one or two more seasons. And I really did enjoy it the first year. I think the problem with this is... I didn't long-term think about what I was setting myself up for. And it's definitely more of a traditional thing. And if you're trying to honor, honor, I can't talk. You're trying to honor Santa Claus and all that stuff. I mean, they kind of go hand in hand and you can't just one year not have the elves come. And of course, the kids will be super upset about it and want to know where they went. And just turns into a whole thing. So (laughs) I urge everyone not to do it. If it's too late for you, I'm so sorry. We're in the same boat. We're just going to have to stick it through until we get to the finish line. But (laughs) this is probably our our last year. One of my kiddos has already kind of moved on from the implied magic of the season here. So my youngest is the only one really still all in on all the magical things, which is just really fun. And I really try to savor it and enjoy it. But at the same time, I... The day won't come soon enough when I don't have to mess with those stinking elves again. I will also say, (laughs) this is where I'm going to continue on this elf tangent for a minute. If you decide to do the elf thing, gauge where where you want to go with it early on. Because if you just move it around and that's what you do, that's all they expect. And that's great. And that's easy. At least all you have to do is remember to move the thing. 
But if you set yourself up with all these Pinterest things that I feel victim to, then every year they start to remember all the wild adventures and messes and things that they did, and they want more of it, and they want different stuff. And it's just, it's too much. It's so overwhelming. It's definitely something that is added stress to my plate every Christmas for that whole entire month, every day, like a little bit. And I would love to reclaim that peace and joy. So if you haven't jumped on this bandwagon, save yourself. Don't do it. You will regret it. Feel free to slide in my DMs. I'll talk you off the ledge. (laughs) Just, (laughs) You know, I, I don't know. And I'm not trying to be a killjoy here. I'm sure that some people, this never gets old and they get all in on it all year you know, or not all year, but all December every year. Again, this is a place where you know you and you know what lights you up and you know what drains you. So it's up to you to really feel out what is going to be a sustainable way to keep that joy and peace this holiday season. You get to choose where you put your energy and what you participate in, you know, and if they end up not being what you expected, you absolutely get to let it go. And, and don't hold any grudges towards yourself. You're not a Scrooge. Your kids aren't missing out. You'll be a more relaxed, happier, present parent, which I think is a better gift than all those stinking little elves have ever given them anyway. But now I'm going to jump off my little soapbox about, about the elves because oh, I just, I've given them too much space already. But let's move on. So the last thing I have to say that I hope will be really helpful for everyone it's really kind of like a two-parter. So I would suggest that you get crystal clear on the holiday that you want. Don't focus on what you don't want. We are honing in on what you desire here. The positive, idealistic energy, not the negative. You get to curate your dream holiday experience What do you want it to feel like? What do you want it to look like? And then following that, once you once you hash that out and you decide, all right, this is how I want it to feel. This is how I want it to look. This is what I'm going to implement and do to get there. The second part of that is that you need to trust in your choices, especially when you're around those who might imply that you're doing something wrong. And you absolutely cannot let other people trigger or deter you. For anyone who's been really stuck on the hamster wheel for a long time and completely forgotten what it even looks like to be truly satisfied with their lives and to take control over everything, you know, not just be a victim, watching someone else actively choose different than society or what they have possibly been suffering through, it can be really confusing and triggering. So when people are confused and triggered, they are at core afraid and also feel judged. They're afraid of being left out, but they're also afraid of doing something wrong. And they feel as if you're inadvertently judging them by choosing something different. So it's really important that you remember that your choices are about you. Why owe you, baby? No one else. Anything that anyone else feels as a result of your choices is not your business. That is their own house that they need to clean and tend to. 
if we would all stick to our own houses, we would be a lot happier. (laughs) But unfortunately, that's not the case. And people will project their ideals and opinions onto you constantly. It's important that you unapologetically cling to what you know is right for you and your family. It's definitely a muscle that strengthens with repetition and time. So give yourself lots of grace, especially if this is maybe the first time that you're really standing your ground and openly choosing something different. It'll rock the footing of people around you, but know that it's for the best. And not only by staying true yourself will you be more at peace and at ease, but you'll really open up the opportunity for others to in turn reflect on their choices and potentially choose something better for themselves as well. So that's, that's a little, I don't know, an important lesson that I would tack in there because a lot of my biggest struggles over the years have resulted from me wanting so badly to people please in every aspect of my life. And it really just set me up for failure so many times because I wasn't being true to myself. I wasn't honoring myself. It just was almost self-sabotage. But getting back on track. Everything from buying less to not even buying gifts at all or being really intentional about it and where you spend your time, you know, all of these notions might rock people in different ways. It might feel safer for you this year to just quietly decide to do one thing different. And that one thing can be really intentional. You know, when you decide what feels really aligned and you know what is going to bring you more peace and joy. And you are not obligated to share that with anyone. You may quietly, happily live your truth and embrace it while giving yourself grace as you evaluate things in real time as they unfold, noting how they make you feel or what things you may want to change in the future. I just saying everything I just said, I feel like it's also important to note on there being absolutely no pressure to put on a big microphone and stand on top of your roof of your house and announce that you're doing something different. You know, there is no pressure here to do anything like that. Little by little, as you grow more protective of your sacred assets, your time and your energy, those are your two most sacred assets, okay? Your time and your energy. As you grow more protective of those, it will become increasingly important that you protect and honor them at all costs. And it'll become second nature with time if it's not already, but it's definitely, again, a muscle that you need to work and give yourself so much grace for as you learn. This is a learning experience, a learning curve, a fresh pathway that you're treading So as you navigate it, be extra gentle with yourself. I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this pod for now. I accidentally went on for way longer than I meant to. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm sorry about that. But I absolutely hope that something in today's episode will help you navigate this holiday season in a more peaceful and joyful way. I truly hope that for, for everyone especially all my listeners. You guys mean the world to me. But yeah, I want you guys to actively work on releasing the lies of overgifting, intentionally protecting your calendar, intentionally protecting your energy, and get crystal clear on 
what you want your holiday season to look and feel like, then you have this beautiful opportunity to curate and pull in what you want and release what you don't and just make it 100% authentic to your soul and to your desired outcome and cultivate this gorgeous experience for you and your whole little family. So with that, I am going to let you guys go. That beautiful Southern saying, I'm going to let you go now. (laughs) I'm going to get back to other things that I need to wrap up here. But thank you guys so much for sharing space with me today. And again, if you already listened to the Costco episode or you haven't yet, listen to it again or listen to it for the first time. It will be key in helping you navigate the craziness out there that is still wildly I mean, it's it's going to get worse before it gets better. So that's why I really wanted to get this episode recorded and out there so everyone could have it in their pockets as we really launch full blast into December. But with that, thank you guys so much. I'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Nothing lights my soul up more than sharing the deeply impactful tools and rituals that I've gathered along my own journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with someone you love and be sure to subscribe. It's absolutely free and will ensure that you never miss out on the latest. I love connecting with my readers and listeners. So reach out to me on Instagram. Let me know what topics you'd love to have covered in future episodes. If you're looking for a dreamy fantasy read, book one of my debut series, The Unseen Realm, is available now on Amazon. So be sure to grab a copy of Eyes on Fire today. You can find all the links you need in today's show notes. Our time together has come to an end. So until we meet again, take good care of yourself and look for the magic in every day.